0: August fourth, two thousand twenty-two. We're in Masechit Sanhedrin and Daf Tadirchet Amud Aleph. If you count from the bottom, it's five lines up. The last word on the line it says the Gemara Alu Talmidav et Yoseh ben Kisma. The students of Rebiose ben Kisma asked him, Ematai ben David ba? When is it that Mashiach, the son of David, is arriving?" Amar he responded to them, Rebiose. I'm scared to answer you because because perhaps after I give you my answer you'll request a sign and I won't have a sign to give you. I can give you my tradition, I can give you my interpretation, my understanding about when Mashiach will arrive but when you force me for a sign I won't be able to or I fear I won't be able to or it might be inappropriate for me to give you a sign. They responded, we're not going to be looking for a sign. Just tell us. When's he coming? He said to them, to his students, pol hashar when this gate and rashi explains that it's a reference to the gate in rome apparently this is near or in rome as this is taking place when this gate or this shaar this archway falls the will be rebuilt the it'll be fall it'll fall again the be rebuilt again the and a third time it'll fall the end must be kin and it won't have, they won't have the opportunity to rebuild it until Melech HaMashiach arrives. So, again, the question is when is Melech HaMashiach arriving? The response is I'm nervous to answer you because you're going to ask for a sign. The request is tell us nonetheless. We promise we won't ask for a sign. I'm going to give you the spoiler alert. They ask for a sign anyway. But before asking for a sign, he tells them here's how it's going to work. When this Archway, when this gate, this strength of Rome falls and is rebuilt, falls and is rebuilt, and finally falls. But before being rebuilt, it sounds as if it's going to be during a time during which they're racing, they're attempting to rebuild. We instead will have the upper hand, Melech HaMashiach will redeem and bring forth that Geula. What appears to be taking place over here is with this fo- building and falling and building and falling is perhaps something along the lines of the strength, the monarchy of Yisrael. We're talking about Tubate Mikdash each of which was destroyed, uh, after which non-Jewish reign in one form or another, specifically Edom or Rome or some sort of that fashion after the second Mikdash. But in the context of our history, we imagine it as we've had strength, and then we've been overtaken, we've had strength and been overtaken, we then lost that strength, but as we're vying for control, we'll ultimately take it, it's reminiscent to a certain extent of the Gemara, at the beginning of Masechet Megillah Daf Vav, the Gemara has several of those statements, if someone will tell you X, don't believe them, they'll tell you Y, don't believe them, but if they tell you Z, that you can believe them. So one of the statements over there is, with regards to Kesari and Yerushalayim Caesarea, the vision of that non-Jewish Roman stronghold, and Yerushalayim, of course, Am Israel strongholds. One statement is, if you hear that both are destroyed, don't believe it. If you hear that both are built and strong, don't believe that either. However, if you hear one of the following two, either that Yerushalayim is built and strong, while at the same time, Caesarea has fallen, you can believe that. If alternatively, Caesarea, Kezari, is built, and Yerushalayim is destroyed, you can believe that as well, says the Gemara, if I remember correctly, citing the Pasuk. In the prophecy Tarifka, "Un Omil Om we envision this uh-huh. continuous, this continuous struggle of Am Israel's strength and weakness as one in which we're vying with those who oppose us. And there's almost a metaphysical reality. It's what I talked about yesterday in understanding the Gemara when the Gemara described when the Gaseruah, the haughty ones, will be gone. So too will those sorcerers of the nations be gone. When our evil, um, um, what's it called, Dayanim and Shofetim, judges and 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 uh, lawmakers, will be lost. So too will those from the nations around us there's a certain reciprocity, oftentimes a negative one, in terms of our strength will be their weakness, and their weakness will be our strength. That's how I understand what Rabbi Yoseh ben Kisma is saying over here. Continues the Gemara and says, Amru lo, the students of Rabbi Yoseh ben Kisma, although they told him they won't ask for a sign, they say to him nonetheless, Rabbenu, ten lanuot, Can you give us a sign that that's the reality? Or that you're right? But he didn't, in other words, a sign is going to be something physical that he can point to that he's right. That's a sign, so to speak. When you see that, it'll be a sign that it's happening. This is a sign that what I'm saying in this moment is true. Like the ought, I mean, you're going to see his ought, like the ought of Moshe when he goes to Paro. He can say, and this will be the ot. Uh, you're going to worship God on this mountain. That's the initial ot. That's not an ot to paro. He asks for a further ot. You'll be able to turn water into blood and so forth. In other words, something in this moment. Will be the real oath? I can tell you the long-distance oath, but in this moment, what's the oath? Didn't you say to me I was nervous. He said, I don't want to be able to be forced to give you an oath. Didn't you? He said they said to him nonetheless. Please, just give us that sign. If that's so, L'edam, the, the water of the river Pamayas. Rashi, citing from the Gemara Maseche Berachot, says that this river or this, uh, this spring is what gives the flow of water to the Jordan River, which is an interesting thing that he'd be talking and giving a sign about that if he finds himself in Rome. It's not fully clear exactly to where Biyoseh ben Kisma is, is he in Israel or is he in Rome? His burial, we'll see in a moment or two, is going to be in Israel as well. All right, so there's a suggestion. One of the Mephashim en Ya'akob is that this was a reference initially not to the actual Rome, which is in Italy, but rather to Rome, uh, some sort of place that had that name in Israel. And he's referencing it in some way or fashion. But anyway, he says to them, the geography is difficult, is what I'm saying. The water of this uh, spring or this cave of Pamayas, which is uh, an important one, which uh, supports and sustains the Jordan River, will turn to blood. ledam, and indeed, that's what happens. Of course, uh, bringing us back to the vision of Moshe and his initial encounter, Moshe and his encounter together with Am Yisrael in the first of the Makot, in envisioning the paradigmatic sign, it's turning water into blood. at the death time of death of Rabbi Yosef Ben Kisma, Amar he turns to his students and says. Please, bury my coffin deep in the ground. Why so? You should know there won't be a single palm tree in Bavel upon which there won't be a, a horse of the Persians who will tie their horses to it, to, uh, tied to it. In other words, he's describing, he's predicting, as Rashi says, the days of Gog and Magog. He's predicting the end of days' war. So he says, it's soon to come, at some point in the near future, there are going to be horses of battle throughout Babel, and they're going to tie those horses to all that. You look around and see all these palm trees. Each one of them will have horses tied to it with regards to this war. What does that have to do with your coffin? And furthermore, and along those same lines, this war, this battle. Uh, will uh, follow into Eretz Yisrael, and in turn, there'll be so many horses, not only trees to tie them to, we'll need troughs for them to eat and drink from, and as a result, they're going to disinter um, uh, coffins, take them out and serve the horses from them. As a result, he says, bury my coffin deep in the ground, so that we ensure and we're certain that my coffin won't be disinterred, they won't get to it quickly, in order to give it to the horses. More than anything, he's feeling, he's experiencing uh, ge'ula, shortly before his death, it's interesting, of course, with regards to the way we bury in Israel today without a coffin, that he's envisioning burial in Israel with a coffin, even though today, uh, contrary to the way it's done in Hutz it's, it's without a coffin. We talked about this earlier in the Masechet as to the uh, sourcing and rationale for that. It says the Gemara onward, Amar Rav. Rav's statement with regards to Mashiach ben David ba malchut al Yisrael Tishah Hodashim. Mashiach will come once and after um, there's a, a pishita. P- Lifshot means to spread out. Malchut is a reference to malchut uh, harashah, the, uh, the monarchy of the, our opposers will be spread out al Yisrael against us probably the vision of the Roman uh, um, monarchy, specifically Tishah hodashim. The nine months will be directly referenced in the pasuk to the nine months of childbirth, which again, Jesse, brings us to the vision in this Gemara and throughout to this being a reset, right? This is a redoing, this uh, incubation period. It's going to redo existence as it was. We had existence. We now need to reset this A rebirth of existence, of experience of Am Yisrael and the world around them. And that's the nine-month period, which will be difficult, arduous, impossible to overcome, but that's the nine-month reference. Shne'emar, as the Pasuk says, lachin, as the Pasuk says, therefore yitinim ad'et yoleda yalada vieter e'chav yeshuvun al The description in the Pasuk is these, uh, this yole, yoleda, yolada, the Pasuk is describing, or yalada, the Pasuk is describing the birth of something, and they'll be spread out throughout the world, any place, says Rashi, where Am Yisrael is residing. Amar Ula, Ula's expression, this really, uh, Jesse, reminds me of your comment from yesterday, Yeti Vela he says, if only Mashiach will come, but I'd like to not see him. In other words, I fear that time, I'm not interested in being present, so to speak. We've described over the course of this Amud, this Daf, and several others, all these terrible things that are going to be manifested in the world and existence and I'm Yisrael's experience during that time period. I'd rather not be a part of that. I want him to come, don't get me wrong. But so to speak, I'd rather not be present for it. I fear the physical, probably the spiritual uh, de- detriments and difficulties. V'chen <laughs> Rabba. likewise had this statement. Said Rabba yeti v'la ehmine. I'd like, I'd love for Mashiach to come but I'd like to not see him. Rav Yosef, Amar, alternatively, and in contrast, Rav Yosef said, Yeti, he should come, Mashiach, Ve'ezki, and I should only merit, De'etiv, that I'll sit, I'll dwell, Betula de Kofita, de Kofita de Hamre, explains Rashi what those words are, Tula means the shade of, Kofita means the excrement, it means the, uh, the bell movements of the Hamor, of the donkey of Mashiach. In other words, if only I'll be present. I don't need to be high up. I can just be in the shade of the dung of the donkey, says Rav Yosef. I'd only love to be there for anything, even if I just get back row seats. I'm not going to be a main player in this. I'll be hiding behind the dung of the donkey of Melech HaMashiach. Please give me the opportunity to be there, says the Gemara, Abaye turns to Raba and asks him about his expression just a moment, go, "Rabba, is it really so? You'd rather not see Mashiach? What are you nervous about? Amale Abaye, Abaye turns to Raba and says to him, What's your reasoning? What's your rationale? And say, Yeti, I'd love for him to come, v'la'echmineh, but I don't want to see him. Uh, for what? What are you specifically nervous about? Ilema, maybe you'll say, perhaps it's because mishum, She has two interpretations. The second one is the one we generally express with regards to these words, Hevle Mashiach. Hevle, generally speaking, is translated as pangs. It's the pangs of Mashiach, the difficulties, the labor pains, so to speak, that are going to be inherent in that time period. Maybe that's what you're nervous about. My master Rabbah says Abaye to him. Vehatanyah says Abaye and asking Rabbah, is that what you're nervous about? You're nervous specifically about the pangs, the difficulties of the days leading up to Mashiach? Didn't the Beraita teach us? The students of Rabbi asked him, ma Mashiach? What should a person do in order to save him or herself from the pains, the difficulties of Mashiach? There's a way, says Torah Rabbi hasadim. You should uh, immerse yourself in Torah, and Gemilut Hasadim, and studying and practicing Torah in doing ca- acts of kindness, that's the way you'll avoid it. It means that it'll be manifested, it'll be a part of our existence, but nonetheless, you'll be able to stand apart from it if you walk on a different path, on the path of Torah and mitzvot. Parenthetically, I once read in a book, I remember which book I read it in, um, that Hafez Haim, the brisker of uh, Velvel Salvechek was once stopping at Warsaw. This has got to be 80 plus years ago, and as, uh, maybe even more, maybe 90 years ago, as he got off the train, he was waiting for his next train, he heard that the Hafez Haim was, giving a dirasha there in Warsaw and you know somehow all the stories in pre-war Europe are always with stories of sorrow and difficulty so he, he made a certain to get to the place where the Hafiz Haim was making his dirashat it sounds like simple people and he with a uh, fervor and passion was just speaking to the people and saying to them I know you're all nervous about <laughs> I understand that that's your fear and your anxiety at this time period but just listen to the words of Rubili Li'Azer HaGadul his statement was being instead of compensating with whatever which way you Think the way to avoid and to overcome might be just read the words of the hachamim, immerse yourselves in matters of spirituality and matters of essence. That's the way you'll be able to overcome, transcend the difficulties of the time. Anyway, so a student of Rabbah Abaye, is asking him, Rabbah, is that what you're nervous about? After all, I know about you. Umor ha torah, hasadim. You Rabbah, you have both Torah and and gimilut hasadim. So what is it that you're fearing? What is it that you're nervous about? Amar le answered rabat to his student, Abaye, who's challenging his fear of Yimota Mashiach. Shemeh, Maybe I'm nervous. Yigrom ha-het. Maybe although I've had, I'll admit, I have a certain mastery high level of Torah and Gimilut Hasadim, but maybe I'll fall, I'll succumb to sin, and I'll be caught on that it will in turn uh, negate all that I've achieved. Interestingly, you might recall in my Sechit Bet, the Gemara was describing how both Abaye and Raba midibet Eli ka'atu. They both came from the household of Eli HaKohen. Eli HaKohen is described at the beginning of Sefer Shemuel Aleph as being this Kohen Gadol who had two, two children, Hofni and Pinehas, or not very positive children, and because of their wrongdoings, the the Navi describes how their children, their descendants, would die very young. The Gemara says, Abaye and Raba, who were descendants, nonetheless merited Rabbah to live 40 years and Abaye to live 60 years. Says the Gemara, how is that possible? It cites a pasuk that, they're not going to be able to redeem themselves, the children of Eli. However, says the Gemara, they will be able to redeem themselves. Says the Gemara, listen to the key word, says the Gemara, Abaye, who immersed himself both in Torah and Gemilut Hasadim, 60 years of life. I mean, today we'd say Hazit, but alright, 60 years of life. A- Rabbah, who was proficient specifically in Torah, 40 years of life. Uli, how do you resolve that? Tosafot asks that as a contradiction to this Gemara. Abaye turns to his master, to Rabah, and he says, you have both Torah and Gimelut Hasadim." but the Gemara over there, nonchalantly, expresses the fact that Rabbah had Torah, not Gimilut Hasadim. That's why he died at 40 years old. Tosafot answers the answer you're probably all thinking. He says, listen, don't think for a second Rabat didn't have Gimilut Hasadim. It's that his main domain, his specific, his primary focus was Torah. Abaye was able to balance the two, able to be great at both. He had the 60 years. So when our Gemara says that Abaye turns to Rabat and says, you have Torah and Gimilut Hasadim, it's not a contradiction per se. It just means that compared to Abaye, it maybe wasn't as great. I mentioned it then, I'll mention it again anyone with the towel last name should pride themselves if they truly are from the household of Eliha Kohen, as they claim they are. That's why their name is Tawil. Tawil in Arabic means tall, long life. They're, I used to, as a child, I've mentioned this in the same context, think that it was strange. How could you be proud that you're from the household of Eli, from a household of sinners? That's what you want to take pride in? It's quite the opposite. They're priding themselves. Look, we live longer than, I don't know, 40, 60 even years. The Gemara says, that's great. They lived 40, 40 and 60 years. Look, we have towels who are living to 90s. Clearly we're doing something right. It's Torah, it's Kimidut Hasadim. We've been able to overcome the decree of God because of... Our righteousness and so forth. Okay, says the Gemara, so Rabah's response to Abaye is, Shemei Yigrom HaChet. What I'm nervous about is, I won't be able to withstand the terrors of Yemot HaMashiach because maybe sin will take hold of me and I'll lose my merit, says the Gemara. We have precedence for this. Rabbi can help us out with this. Rebi bar Edi. bar bar is famous Midrash. bar has the following contradiction. Rameh means to place. He places two Pesukim, one on top of the other and he asks how do they square one with the other how do they match up on the one hand the pasuk says in parashat Vayese to Yaakov as he's running away from his parents' house God promises Yaakov I'm with you and I'm going to provide protection everywhere and anywhere you go but then in parashat Vayishlach, as he's about to encounter his brother the pasuk says that he's very nervous and he has this Straightful state of mind and and life in that moment. So why is it then that he's nervous? God already promised he'll protect him. Apparently he has the merit for protection. What's he nervous about? Apparently the suggestion of Rabbi Yaakov Bar'idi is that Yaakov himself Feared and was nervous that maybe sin had crept into his life, and as a result, although he had that promise from God, he nonetheless had something to be nervous about. In turn, Rabbi answering his student Abaye says, "The reason I'd like for Mashiach to come, but so to speak, I'd rather not be there because I fear about the consequences to myself. Although I have all the merits." It's like Moshe was afraid of and uh, is there a Shemei Grom HaChet over there as well? He was afraid. oh, not because of a was a it's about that old being. Right, in other words, over there there's a separate merit, so it's a bit different. But you're right, it means, but it's the same punchline, it's a statement to each of us never to be too confident in ourselves. In other words, you might, and I, and I admit it, you might be quite a righteous and important person in your own right, but to become self-confident as a result is quite dangerous to say the least it says the Gemara Tanya, as the Beraita similarly states with regards to the construction of the Mikdash you see the Pesukim and Az Yashir and Shirat Hayam have the following almost redundant statement Adonai Amzukanita so that Avor they're envisioning as two constructions two entrances not to the Mikdash rather, rather entrances into Eretz Israel. it goes like this Adonai the first uh, crossing over Har Ha'abarim. This crossing over, but crossing over actually in Teres Israel Zobiyari Shona. That's the first entrance in Teres Israel in the days of Yehoshua, which was filled with miracles and wonders that abounded. Right? Adi Amzukanita. It seems as if there should be a parallel entrance in the days of Ezeira, our second entrance in Teres Israel Zobiyashinia Emor Me'ata. We can derive from the parallel in the pasuk. The pasuk is saying that there's a certain symmetry. The same way the entrance of Yehoshua, of Am Yisrael, the first time through was, with Nisim v'nifla'ot, so too, with Ezra, should have been that way. Re'oyim ha'yu Yisrael, la'asot lahem nes b'biyah sh'niah, k'biyah rishonah, should have been just as miraculous the second time, as much as the first time. Rashi, if I'm not mistaken, and Masechet Tzotah points out, that instead of having miracles and wonders, we needed to turn to Koresh, to Cyrus, for permission to enter into Eris Yisrael in the days of Isra. So quite the opposite of a miracle forceful entrance who fighting and, and making our way in with that strength and bravery, uh, we had to ask uh, almost feebly for permission. Why so? The Pasuk seemed to to the fact that the second entrance will be the same as the first, at least in the consciousness of the Chachamim Ela, shigaram hachet, Rather, perhaps the reason things and reality changed is because Het actually took hold. So it wasn't just a fear of Yaakov, a fear of Rabbah, it was a reality for Am Yisrael upon second entrance into Eretz Yisrael. V'chenamar Biohanan. Sotur Biohanan joined the ranks of his uh, several others who had this fear of Yemota Mashiach. Yeti vela ah I hope Mashiach comes, but I'd rather not see him. Amar leresh Lakish, Lakish. Of course, the Hevruta, the, uh, the well-known uh, side uh, 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 brother-in-law as well, and, and, and sidekick of Rabbi Ochanan asks him. Uh, brother-in-law, uh, friend, Havruta, Maita aman. Of course, it's always challenging him. He doesn't just let him get away. What's the reason? What are you nervous about? Ilema? Maybe it's because mishum dichtiv, because the pasuk says here in Sefer Amos, ish Ariufka o So Maharsha points out that these several wild animals are references to the four Galuyot, which of course the rabbis refer to in Masechet Sanhedrin and elsewhere, the four different exiles. But specifically for us, leaving that aside, you have several wild animals that are described, at least in the context, as Rashi points out apparently, of Yamota Mashiach. The pasuk describes how there's going to be a lion which will somehow encounter us, and a, and a bear, that's the dove, and then there's going to be a, a snake, a serpent as well. Uh, so maybe that's what you're fearing. You're fearing, fearing what's that? Uh, almost along the lines of Haggadiyah, but okay, it's the wild. I was thinking more Wizard of Oz. Anyway, so he says, so maybe that's what you're fearing. You're fearing the horrors, the difficulties of these wild animals and nations. He says, to Lakishter Are you really nervous about that? Because think about our life today. I know, we don't have, per se, certainly not in Deal, New Jersey, not even in Bavil, where they live, living, Eretz Yisrael where they're living. I know we don't have wild lions and bears and even serpents that are coming our way, but we have the same idea. Do we not in our own, uh, this world, 21st century fashion? Let me show you the uh, parallel in this world, in our lives. When you go out to the field, you're going to appraise and to evaluate and to determine the, uh, the borders of your land, you, you made a purchase or you're uh, being contested about uh, uh, some real estate that you own. A pagabo Santer and a Santer, which is the person who determines the borders and the boundaries of your land. He comes in contact to you. Ta- contact with you, Do,isha Pagabo Ari. It's almost as if you're encountering a lion in that person, especially in a government which is more corrupt. I don't know, I'm not involved in real estate today, whether that's your reality today, but certainly in a time and period during which you could be dealing with corruption in a way I imagine is greater than today. There's less uh, restrictions and regulations. Uh, so you're dealing with a lion over there. That person can manipulate your land in favor of the other. There's the lion. You enter into the city. You say, all right, I got away from the lion out in the field. says, uh, the tax collector comes your way again. Corrupt. A difficult person who's empowered by the monarchy. You're now encountering in the city, the bear. And in truth, lions would be out in the wilderness. Bears sometimes are in our backyards, not in deal per se, but I don't know, Pennsylvania, other places in Jersey. You enter into your home. All right, you're in your home, you're away from lions and bears. They're not entering your home, right? And you're not able to sustain for your household. You're not able to give the appropriate food for your children and your wife and, and family, and they're dying or they're starving uh, uh, because of the lack of food and nourishment. There's the entrance of the serpent of the snake into your home. In other words, R' Shlakish turns to Rebi Ochanan and says, "So what is it that you're fearing? Do we not have all these pains, all these difficulties already? Ela, rather, it must be, or maybe this is Rebi Ochanan responding. Either way, you slice it, it's because mishum dichtiv, because the pasuk says there's something even more than just those sorrows and trials and tribulations. Dichtiv, it goes this far. Sha'eluna uru. Pasuk says in yermiyau, ask, and you'll see im yoled zachar.'" If you ever seen a male person give birth, well, I'm going to tell you, you're going to see something almost like that. Why did I see, why am I seeing all males with their hands on their loins, almost as if they're having the pains of labor? Like a, like a woman who's giving birth. And of course, before we even continue the Derasha, here again, labor, birth, you want a a rebirth, a reconstruction, a wiping out of the past and a new beginning for existence for humanity and all faces will turn to almost green, to fear, to to to, to, to to not knowing how to and what to expect from the future, they're going to change faces. So what's that a reference to? What's that reference in the Pasuk that I saw all the males and they looked as if they had birth pangs? mi shekol gevura It's a reference to not gever as male, but gevura, strength, meaning hakadosh the one who possesses all strength. My goodness, do you understand what the reference then is? The reference is that Kivyachol, and here I will say it, Jeffrey, quote-unquote, HaKadosh Baruch is going to have birth pains himself in Yomot HaMashiach. There's something that Kivyachol is paining him in that moment. What do you mean? Why would he be pained? Well, let's see. What does it doesn't mean that all faces, almost as if, not just human beings, all faces will turn green because of the fear, because of the anxiety and the difficulty of the moment. Rabbi interpreted as, both as Rashi interprets this, the angels and human beings. In that moment, God, so to speak, will be having those birth pains while the angels will be fearing the ominous future, as will human beings. What's happening? What are they all nervous about? At the time when Hakadosh Baruch Hu will say, It will come a time during which it's appropriate for redemption, and so to speak, God will will have second thoughts, not actual second thoughts, but middath that middath Hamim, that fluidity, that ability to go beyond the strict letter of the law, the absolute promise, that merit of HaKadosh Baruch Hu can and will have a certain adverse effect upon us at that time. God will look at us and say, I know you merited, I know I promised redemption to you, but come on. Look at these others, they're also my creations. This is, of course, brings to mind the Gemara we saw earlier in this Masechet. and Lameteta the Gemara over there in the Masechet Megillan Daf Yoda as well, has that the Sha'a at the time that Am Yisrael were crossing Yamsuf, the angels wanted to say, they wanted to sing, and Akadosh Baruch Hu says to them, inappropriate right now. Why is it inappropriate? The, 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 the handwork, the, the, the hand that which I created, are drowning at seas, referring to the Egyptians, and you're going to sing songs, which means to say it's never that simple. As much as we have a promise from God that we will reign supreme, that we are the chosen nation, it's never that simple, which in turn causes us to have to introspect, to be nervous about, so so to speak, it has, a, has an effect upon us to say to ourselves, well, we know that we have this going for us, but we still have to be nervous about the opportunity, the possibility of, maybe not everything will go well. There is that certain midat harachamim of Hakadosh Baruch Amar Papa, likewise remarked, "Tainu in She, This is similar to what the people say. Morris, it reminds me of how you always quote Arabic uh, uh, statements. The Gemara does this all the time in Aramaic statements. So you have Masoret on this. "Rahit veNafal Torah uh, veAzil Susya The uh, the ox is running and fell, which means to say you'd rather, and everyone would prefer an ox working in their field. But if the ox goes and falls and you move it into the side uh, barn in order to uh, groom it and uh, bring it uh, bring it back to its original health, you bring in its place a horse. You'd rather not have the horse plow in your field. The ox is the ideal one, but once you place the horse in its stead, you're sometimes going to have that tendency to stay with the horse. That's a reference to Am Yisrael. I know I have this promise to them. I know they were the ones who were reigning supreme. But look, it's been several thousand years. I've let others. I've let the nations of the world take place. Uh, take their place. It's not so simple for me to just replace them any longer. And as a result, it causes for us more than anything more as Rabbi Yochanan is expressing to Resh Lakish to get nervous and to have an appropriate sense not of guilt but of self-introspection and doubt wondering whether we're doing right, wondering whether we're going to be able to self um, self-redeem ourselves based on uh, m- our own merit and deeds. Amar Gidal, Amar Rav Atidin Yisrael Mashiach. The statement here is, in the future Am Yisrael will eat, they'll be the ones who will be prospering in the days of Mashiach. We saw in the Gemara leading up to Mota Mashiach, There will be the years of uh, prosperity, of lots of food and money, will be the ones who will be able to enjoy that. Amar Yosef, Rav Yosef, responding to Rav Gidal or to Rav Rad says, I mean, says well, Of course, who else is going to be enjoying that? Ela man who do you think is going to... I, I, we, we talked about how there's this promise of prosperity, of food and of money in the future. Uh, you thought that someone else is going to be eating that? Uh, man uh, Chilak ubilak, explains Rashi, demons of some sort. You think the demons are going to be enjoying it? In other words, it's, a, it's an ad absurdum response. Who else? So You say to me, you should know in the future there's going to be Alam Haba for the righteous people. I mean, who else? Who do you think it was for? For the demons? Uh, answers the Gemara, or answers Rav, this comes to exclude and to uh, put aside the statement of The statement of is probably the most controversial statement in this Perek, and we'll return to it on Dach Tzaditeh, Aleph, to describe it and understand it at greater length, but here's a statement, Amar en Mashiach li Yisrael. There will not be a redeemer for Yisrael. Now, the reason I say it's the most difficult statement is it sounds downright heretical. It's against one of the thirteen. Uh, it's against one of our primary uh, faith components, and that is that Mashiach will and is destined to arrive. His statement is, "There is no Mashiach." As a result, before we even read his next his his explanation, now you understand why there was a necessity to mention who's going to be eating in the days of Mashiach. It's Israel. Don't think that we lost the merit of Mashiach, as if. We need to respond to Rav Hillel. Apparently we did... It sounds, again, t- downright heretical. Why would you, give me one sec, just finish the statement, shekevar, the same Kaddish in there anyway, shekevar acheluhu b'himei chizkiyah because they already ate up their merit and opportunity in the days of chizkiyah. What's that a reference to? We saw in the Gemara, the Gemara described how in the days of chizkiyahu, chizkiyahu melech was able to, we know it from the Navi, but the Gemara described it in greater and richer detail. He brought forth this Teshubah movement. There was Torah from... From one side of Erez Yisrael to the other and from one edge to the other edge and nonetheless Mashiach didn't come. If you recall, the Gemara had this funny description HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted to make Sam Gog Gogu Magog and Chizkiah Mashiach. However, Midat interceded and said inappropriate. You know what you did for David? Not as much as you did for Chizkiah and David. saying all those Shirot the Tishpachot. He praised you. Chizkiah, what did he do for you as a result? Even though you cured Chizkiah and he owes that gratitude to you, but he never gave it to you. It's inappropriate. It's wrongful for him to be Mashiach. The statement then of Hillel is you had your chance. Not only that says Rashi on this Gemara. There was the fulfillment of certain prophecies mentioned in Yeshayah with regards to prosperity, with regards to success of Yisrael during the days of Chizkiah. We literally experienced it but weren't able to capitalize upon it, says Rav Hillel. That's why Mashiach is not coming any longer. A statement which will return to Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen Amen.